are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks On Dimebacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day, you're listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, what are we discussing? Well, the D-backs made a major move in free agency today, picking up all-star closer, Mark the Shark Melanson. So we got to break down that deal. There's been some reportings on other potential relievers the D-backs are going to try to go after in free agency. So we're going to talk about those players. And then we're going to wrap up the pod with our with our final game of stock up, stock down. We got three pitchers left I want to talk about. So we're going to be talking about all that on today's pod. But if you want more content by me, don't be afraid to just hit that follow button on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 from my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And before we get into today's pod, I first want to say thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, the listener. Because you listen, you share, you subscribe, you review, you do all that so I can do this podcast for you. So thank you. But now, let's jump right into the podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks. You are Locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks back here, and we have to first start the podcast by talking about the major move the D-backs made in free agency, because listen, listen, I came into this offseason like a lot of D-backs fans where we weren't cautiously optimistic, we were just cautious because we know this D-backs team doesn't want to spend money. Mike Hazen has basically admitted this team is not going to be a contender next season, I can see why. This was one of the worst teams in baseball in 2020, and this was literally the second worst team in baseball, the worst team in baseball going into the last day of the regular season, the second worst team in baseball after the the last day of the regular season because the D-backs, of course, in D-backs fashion, want to walk it off on the last day of the regular season. Well, now we come to the offseason where it felt like uh, the D-backs probably aren't going to do anything. It felt like this was a team since... They didn't do much the last two seasons since they were as bad as they've been the last two seasons. Maybe they were just going to look at this offseason to maybe retool, maybe unload some of their better players. Who knows? We were ready for anything this offseason. But one thing I was not ready for was for the D-backs to sign one of the best relievers on the market in Mark the Shark Melanson because he is legitimately, legitimately one of the best relievers. Because we're going to talk about his stats here in just a second. 
to really illustrate how good Mark Melanson has been this past season and over his career. But if you want one stat as a little teaser, a little appetizer to know how good Mark Melanson has been, his 244 saves rank fourth among active relievers behind only Craig Kimbrell, Canley Jansen, and Aroldis Chapman. That lets you know how great Mark Melanson has been throughout his career. And the contract for him, for a contract for a guy that was an all-star this past season who led the National League in saves, a contract for Mark Melanson, you would probably expect 15 a year, 10 million a year. I don't know what you would expect, but if I told you he's only going to make $14 million over the next two years with the $5 million mutual option 2024, I think you'll sign up for that. It's actually only $6 million. I think it was reported two years, 14, but I think it's officially only $6 million he's going to be paid in 2022 and 2023. So it's an absolute steal for Mark Melanson. And now let's get into some of those numbers that really illustrate how good this guy has been because I cannot believe the D-backs went out there and executed this deal. When we look at the last two off seasons, the 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 relievers the D-backs are bringing in, the D the the relievers the the excuse me, I'm getting I'm so excited about this Mark Melanson deal that I'm literally getting too worked up too worked up about it. I literally can't talk. I'm so happy about it because the last two off seasons, the relievers the D-backs have been bringing in are just old, past their prime, and not reliable. Joaquin Soria, Chris Davinsky, uh. Junior Guerrero, Hector Rondon, the relievers Mike Hazen has been trying to find on the margins has not been working out for this D-backs team, this D-backs squad, but I think this Mark Melance move definitely will because now let's talk about some of those stats. Well, I just mentioned he's coming off an all-star appearance, had the most saves in the National League with 39, but he also had a 2-2-3 ERA with a 3-3-6 FIP. His strikeout percentage was at 22%, and then his ground ball percentage was at 56%. League average was only 43.8%. That ground ball percentage is one of the reasons why he's been one of the most effective relievers in the game since entering baseball. He doesn't have overwhelming stuff in terms of high velocity. He's not a guy he's that, that's going to throw out that. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and throw 99, 100, not even 96 miles an hour. Uh, this is a guy who's going to be in those low 90s with the fastball. Like a lot of these relievers on this D-back staff, the relievers just seem to target guys who don't throw very hard. Maybe that's their MO. Maybe that's their philosophy. And it would fit when you look at Mark Melanson because he doesn't throw super hard either, but he is really effective as a pitcher. His home run rate of 1.4% is less than half the big league average, which is 2.9%. This guy, Mark Melanson, is absolutely devastating against lefties. So if we ever just want to use him as a specialist, if we felt like he wasn't as good as a closer anymore, we at least know this guy is dominant against lefties. 150 average and 410 OPS allowed against lefties this past season. He's elite with runners in scoring position, 197 average and 509 OPS allowed with runners in scoring position. And he's something that the D-backs couldn't get before. He's a pitcher that's good in high leverage moments. 206 average and 609 OPS allowed in high leverage moments. And just a quick, quick uh, tidbit. That's, you know, a quick tidbit that's non-related to what we're talking about here. My throat's feeling a little dry. So if I cough in the next 30 seconds, that is why. But Mark Melanson, only two earned only two earned runs allowed the entire season on zero days of rest. Over 15 innings pitch, he only allowed two earned runs on zero days of rest. 
This is a guy that you could put out there almost every single day and he's not going to mess it up for you. 2021 was his lowest ERA since 2016 if we don't count the 2020 season, which I think we all put an asterisk on. And you got to remember that that 2.23 ERA he had this past season, it was more like a 1.7 ERA because you can't forget this man had Fernando Tatis, the worst defensive player in baseball behind him. So it was really like his ERA was a 1.3 because of the defense he had behind him. So Mark Melanson was phenomenal. Even his hard contact rate, his exit velocity allowed of 86.4 miles per hour this past season was his lowest since 2017. And his 36% hard hit percentage allowed isn't too bad either. Again, Mike Hazen has basically said this is a team that's not contending next season, which is why I'm so surprised that he went out there and got a pitcher like Mark Melanson because I thought Mark Melanson was probably going to be linked to a contending team and not arguably the worst team in baseball. But the bullpen is an area the D-backs desperately needed help in. They finished last in the NL They finished last in the NL in saves with just 22. They were also dead last in the National League in save percentage at just 44%. So maybe this is the long play for Mark Melanson. Maybe he's like, I'm going to come to Arizona, basically my hometown state, because he pitched for the University of Arizona. So uh, Mark, we're going to have to get that sorted out and get you some Sun Devil gear. But he's basically coming back to his home state. He's getting maybe more money than he would have gotten from other teams. And then he could come here, ball out, and maybe at the deadline this season or next season, he gets traded to a contender and he rides out into the sunset of maybe a World Series or a nice postseason run. Who knows? But right now, I don't care about that. I don't care about the deadline. I just care about this move right here, right now, because it was it was something I did not expect. I'm super hyped if you can't tell. I could barely talk right now because I'm so hyped for this move. So now I'm getting a little more excited for this season than I would have been. Of course, this is not the kind of move that's going to mean the D-backs make the postseason next year. But we start stacking the moves the D-backs have been making in the offseason. Jordan Luplo, He's not an elite outfielder, but he is a solid, good player who is not a negative on the diamond. That's going to help the team next season. Now you add an all-star closer to the bullpen that was starving for talent. That's going to be a plus to this team next season, too. So I want to continue to watch how this team builds and progresses through my case and through the offseason, because right now this team is slowly getting better, picking up the pieces. And maybe they think they can make a wild card run. When you look at a team like the Giants, who just lost Kevin Gosman, they might be losing Chris Bryant. The Dodgers are still going to be in the mix. But the rest of the NL West, Colorado just lost John Gray. We'll see Trevor Story. I'm not sure this NL West is going to be very good next season outside the Dodgers. That's really the only team I'm confident in. Of the Padres, they'll probably be around too, but we just stole Mark Melanson from them. So overall, this D-backs team, I like what they're doing this offseason, and they're getting me more optimistic than I thought I would have been about the 2022 season at this point of free agency. Now, we're going to talk about other potential relievers the D-backs might go after this free agency. And if you're wondering why my mic looks so big, it's because I got a new mic. So if the audio quality sounds a little bit better, a little bit crisper, it's because I upgraded to a blue Yeti on Black Friday. So that is why. But now we're going to talk about those other potential relievers that the D-backs might go after. But first, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered... <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Sorry, bet online. Let me repeat that. 
BetOnline has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues to march to the playoffs, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's get back into the podcast, and this mic is just extremely big. The reason why it's off to the side here is because I don't put it right in front of my face like I normally do. It will just cover my face with the way this laptop is set up because, Dell, why did you put the camera at the bottom of the laptop? I need to upgrade to a MacBook, one of those new 16-inch MacBooks over Christmas. If one of my listeners wants to hook me up, listen, you can find my Venmo at Thomas. Online, just send me some money for a new MacBook if you want. You don't have to, but it's just an idea. Or if Apple, you hear this, don't be afraid to send me a new MacBook either. But let's get back into the podcast. Enough silliness, enough goofiness, and let's talk about other potential relievers the D backs might go after this offseason. Because according to Zach Buchanan, there's three pitchers the D backs are reportedly interested in. Willie Peralta, Hunter Strickland, and Brian Shaw. So let's break down each player. The pros, the cons of each player, and I'll give you my thoughts as to who I would want the D-backs to go after. So let's first start with the first guy, Willie Peralta, right-handed pitcher. He was pretty good in 2021. He had a 307 ERA, but it could have been a little fluky. A 494 FIP, 3.7 walks per nine, and a 5.4 strikeouts per nine. So really not that much difference between his strikeout rate and his walk rate. And he started 18 games in 2021. The D-backs really don't need another mediocre starter. The D-backs need more of a reliever. So just right there, I think this is probably not a great fit. And he's been a guy who's been a reliever. This is a guy who's bounced around between relieving and starting. So if the D-backs want to bring him in and make him a full-time reliever, it's not something he has not been accustomed to. Like he was pretty much a reliever the last couple seasons before 2021. So he's been bouncing around between starter and reliever, but... His career ERA as a reliever is slightly above six while it's around four as a starter. And as I just mentioned, the D-backs need a guy, need more bullpen arms than than they need starter arms. So considering this guy, Willie Peralta, is really terrible, kind of garbage as a reliever, he's serviceable as a starter. But as a reliever, uh, you probably shouldn't be putting him in high leverage moments out of your bullpen. So Right there, I'm not in love with a really Peralta. Some more career numbers for him. 16.6 strikeout percentage for his career. 8.9% walk percentage. 89.2 mile an hour. Exit velo, 41% hard hit percentage. He gives up a lot of hard contact. He doesn't strike out a ton. And he walks a good amount of people. So all the numbers suggest to me that he's a pretty volatile guy. 2021 might be a fluke. So because of that, he's going to be 33 years old. I think I'm going to stay off a Willie Peralta. Next up, Hunter Strickland, and I think I like this guy. If I had to pick, this might be the guy I choose for a potential D-backs target because another guy with a good ERA, 261, 
ERA in 2021, but a 419 FIP. Whenever you see that FIP, a point and a half, two points better than your ERA, it does make you question and scratch your head. But for his career, a 311 ERA and a 376 FIP, that gives me a lot of optimism entering next season. He's played for six teams the last three years, so it makes me wonder, is that a good or a bad thing? Do teams really want him, or are they just trying to give, it, give him away? Like, if you've been on six teams the last three seasons, that means teams either really want you or they really don't want you. So I can't decide with Hunter Strickland, but I feel like more teams would want him than not want him because his hard hit percentage has been below 30% the last three years, an exit velo of 86 miles per hour. And, a, and his exit velo of 86 miles per hour this past season was a career low. So this is someone who's actually trending in the right direction. He's been a pretty good pitcher his whole career, really, outside of 2019. He And his hard, some of his hard contact numbers are improving as well. So really, if you don't count 2022, because that was where I'm not counting 2020, basically, for any free agent I look at this season, next season, like, Pretty much whenever I look at baseball players, 2020 is always going to be that year that I just omit when I look at their baseball reference. So I omit it for these three guys as well. He's been a pretty good pitcher in his career outside 2020, outside of 2019, excuse me, not 2020. Pretty good pitcher outside of 2019 with hard contact rate numbers improving as well. Career 22% strikeout rate, only negative is he gives up ground balls almost as much as he gives up fly balls. Some years, they're pretty much neck and neck. It'll be like 33% ground ball rate with a 32% fly ball rate. So that makes me a little hesitant. But overall, he's got a career track record of a good ERA, good FIP, good overall hard contact number. So because of all that, I would be pro going after Hunter Strickland in free agency. Then the last guy we're going to talk about, Brian Shaw, right-handed pitcher. All three of these guys are righties. The D-backs could use another lefty arm, but we'll keep we'll, we'll continue talking about these righties for now. Brian Shaw, 3-4-9 ERA this past season, was below 5.3 ERA for the first time since 2017. Just think about that. His ERA was below a 5.3 for the first time since 2017. I don't think I have to say much more after that, but we'll continue. 453 FIP this season, which is not very good, and a double digit walk percentage in three of his last four seasons. Again, D backs, why are you targeting this guy? Career exit velocity is 88 miles per hour, and a career hard hit percentage at 37% is not that great either. Walk percentage for his career is 9%. Hard contact numbers are bad, so why do the D backs want him? Well, his career ground ball percentage is at 49%. That's pretty much the saving grace when it comes to Brian Shaw. He induces a lot of ground balls, but guess what? I don't care when you're giving up hard contact consistently and you're getting beat up for runs. You can only be considered a ground ball pitcher if those ground balls aren't going through the hole every time and scoring two runs from dudes being on second and third because you walked one and gave up a double to another. Like, I don't want to hear it, so... I'm not a big fan of Brian Shaw. So overall, all three guys are coming off good seasons in 2021 when looking at their ERA. But if you go back to their previous full season, which would be 2019, not 2020, all of them are looking a little murky in that 2019 season, even a Hunter Strickland. But the difference is Brian Shaw and a Willie Peralta, their FIP, their peripheral numbers suggest that they could be in line for regression while hunter strickland has a pretty large track record of success so because of that give me hunter strickland and you could kick out the other two guys because i don't really need them
Now, we're going to wrap up the pod with our last game of stock up, stock down. But first... All right, sorry for the awkward pause there. That is where the live reads are going to go after I post this podcast to the streaming platforms, but I'm not doing that live on YouTube, so that's why I have to do that awkward little pause there. But let's get back into the podcast, and let's now play a game of stock up, stock down, and I got three Diamondbacks pitchers for you. I got Taylor Widener, I got Luke Weaver, and I got Caleb Smith. So let's first start with Taylor Widener, who I believe his stock is up. I think he was the best Dimebacks pitcher through April, which isn't saying much. That was basically only four starts, but still, this D-backs pitching staff started off really slow, but Taylor Widener was kind of the saving grace that first month of the season, a former top prospect in the organization. So maybe we shouldn't be as surprised to the fact that he was pretty solid this past season, but he still blew out my expectations, honestly. Taylor Widener was not a guy I had high hopes for this past season, and I thought he pitched better than I would have thought. His walks and hard contact allowed was a bit of an issue for him, but his ERA and some of his stats, I think, were inflated by the rough stretch he had when he came back from injury. He gave up at least five earned runs in three of his first four starts when he came back from injury, but after that, Four straight starts of two earned runs or less. He looked really good after that. It was a little shaky as a reliever, so I'm not really sure if that's going to be the role the D-backs want to give him next season. Maybe if he's a full-time reliever, those numbers would help to even out. I'm not too sure, but if Taylor Widener is just the fifth starter starter next year for this D-backs team, I think I would like that a lot, actually. We'll see. Maybe some other guy would emerge, like a Corbin Martin or maybe the... Maybe the D-backs decide to go out there and sign another starter to compete for that fifth spot in the rotation. But right now, if you told me Taylor Weiner entering the 2022 season is going to be the number five starter for the D-backs, I wouldn't mind that. Some of his numbers were pretty good in 2021. It's 567 OPS allowed to runners in scoring position. I'll definitely take that. Taylor Widener just needs to improve in some key areas like the hard contact and not walking dudes as much, but he's young. It was only his second season, former top prospect in the organization. I thought he showed a lot of promise in 2021. I'm not sure if he's ever going to be a frontline starter or a major contributor to a playoff team, but considering what I saw in 2021, I'm down to give Taylor Widener more opportunity next season. Now, the next guy I want to talk about is Luke Weaver, maybe the most polarizing guy on this D-back squad. And I have to say, in my personal opinion, I think Luke Weaver's stock is down entry next season. Now, you can make a case that maybe it should be up considering 2019 was way better than 2020. And his game log didn't look too bad after coming back from injury this past season. But overall, I don't think he looked great this year. He didn't look that strong to start the season before he got hurt the first time. And also, the fact that he keeps getting hurt and missing time isn't good for this D-back squad too. They need players who can be healthy. Luke Weaver is young. He should be playing more than he is, but somehow he's always missing time. His 4% home run percentage is way too high for a starter. His hard hit percentage was above 40%, and his exit velo was at 89 
89 miles per hour. His hard contact numbers are off the rails. He gets absolutely crushed when he pitches. Dudes are just teeing off against Luke Weaver. His 9.4% barrel percentage was a career high this past season. The only time he cracked nine other than 2021, was 2020. And before that, it never even cracked seven. So the fact that it was at nine this past season is really alarming. He's basically turned into a two-pitch guy. He threw the fastball and changeup over 90% over ninety of the time in 2021. I think that's a big reason why his hard contact numbers flew off the map this past season. Why they went up drastically is because hitters can lock in. They know if it's not the fastball, it's going to be the changeup. And if it's not the changeup, then it's going to be the fastball. When you're only throwing two pitches, you become way more predictable. And I think that's just unsustainable for a guy who we once considered maybe a number two starter in a future playoff rotation. So right now, Luke Weaver just seems to be getting worse and worse every season. 2021 was not as bad as the shortened season last year. But still, it was not the 2019 season that had all of us ooing and eyeing at the potential of a Luke Weaver in this rotation with a Carson Kelly after that Paul Goldschmidt trade. So right now, Luke Weaver, your stock is down for me entering the 2022 season. And then last on the list, we got Caleb Smith. And the stock is up for Caleb Smith if we're talking about the reliever. But as a starter, the stock is down for Caleb Smith. So why do I see that? Well, Caleb Smith is absolutely a bum as a starter, and I don't like to use that word lightly. If I'm calling you a bum, it's accurate, because Caleb Smith, I think, was garbage as a starter in 2021, and really, his two years in a D-backs uniform, I mean, he was fine after the deadline last season, but overall, his pitching career has not been that great of a starter. And this past season, when he did start games for the D-backs, he had a 6-9-5 ERA. He loves to give up home runs and walks when he's starting, but when he's a reliever, all that suddenly stops. A 2.7 ERA as a reliever and his home runs and walks allowed nearly cut in half or more. They literally slice in half or better when he's relieving versus starting. He's one of the few lefty arms the D-backs have, so I'm glad that they brought him back on a cheap deal. If we're talking about Caleb Smith as a full-time reliever for next season, then he might be a real weapon out the bullpen. This guy could be really good for this D-backs team. And actually, you can look at that contract and think, this guy, Caleb Smith, is being underpaid and he's actually steal for this D-backs team. As a reliever, he can strike out dudes pretty effectively. His stuff isn't too bad. He's got like a mid-90s fastball. Caleb Smith is not the worst pitcher in the world as a reliever. As a starter, I might tell you he's the worst pitcher in baseball. But I like Caleb Smith as a reliever. The D-backs have to be smart, have to be smart and make sure they bring him out the bullpen full time because if the D-backs decide to give this guy the number 5 spot in the rotation next season, I'm going to be pulling out my hair every 5 days. And guys, the reason I don't have any hair right now is because of Caleb Smith's 2021 season as a starter. So, D-backs, please make him a bullpen arm. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow because I believe we're going to have Javi Reyes of Locked on Padres to discuss Mark Melanson and what he can bring to the D-backs. You're going to want to be on the lookout for that. Thank you once again for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you. Go make your second listen Locked on Bets with Lee Sterling and your boy Q to get some extra money in your pocket. Of course, come back tomorrow for the best Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!